Hello and welcome everyone to episode 111 of the App TV's podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rogers, and this week's episode will focus on the Aptera news for the period between June 11th and June 18th, 2023, which will be about an update on the uh, automated guided vehicles and a new tour of the Carlsbad facility. Hello everyone, I hope that you all had a great week. This week's episode has gone up a day later than usual as a result of the holiday weekend here in the U.S., which is Juneteenth, and I hope that you all, I guess if you're you're based in the U.S., you had a great weekend. The first story of the week is about the automated guided vehicles, or the AGVs, which Aptera is using for their construction lines, and it will be at... I guess currently they're a Carlsbad facility, but eventually, assuming the success of the company, will be a key part of the assembly facilities everywhere in the world. Aptera sent out an email, and there's also a YouTube short that they've posted to their channel. I'm going to link to both in the show notes, all about the AGVs. In that video, uh, you can see multiple AGVs in delivery packaging at the Carlsbad assembly facility and the announcement of the email as well as the youtube short focus on their arrival which will trigger a the the sort of last phase of i guess this is not the last phase maybe the the beginning of the end of the the assembly facility in that they're able to really build out the construction lines that will be used for that facility according to aptera the agvs they're the backbone of streamline manufacturing and they're apparently already used by many companies, including at Ford, which is a, I guess that that's the only traditional automaker that I'm aware of that is also using them. But I had no idea that that others are, are using it. It would make sense, though, in the flexibility that they provide for the manufacturing process. Um, at Aptera, they plan to use the autonomous robots to really simplify their production processes. That makes sense. Everything is about efficiency. And simplification is a key part in efficiency. It helps you to reduce expenses, including those that will be required for the factory build-out. The current plan is for each vehicle to spend 12 minutes at each station before the entire assembly line progresses. With the AGVs, Aptera is not going to have to halt production for any modifications to the assembly line process. And they can just add new stations to support new options for the vehicle including the battery pack sizes and exterior color configurations. In practical terms, this means that right now, everything that they're doing in terms of mapping at the Carlsbad facility for the different production line stations is all focused on the launch edition Aptera, that is Luna coloring, the 42 kilowatt hour battery pack for the 400 mile range version, and an all wheel drive configuration. That's what they're doing right now. But as they expand production to include the 250-mile range, the 600-mile range, and the 1,000-mile range options with the different colors, the the white, the black, and any other custom options, they're going to add new stations to the overall process that will simply expand the existing line to add these different SKUs or configurations. The other big advantage of the AGVs and something that Aptera has spoken about multiple times is the possibility of multiple assembly facilities around the world starting likely i'm not sure if they would build their first new facility within or outside of the u.s but 
essentially they've spoken about their plans to expand to new facilities around the world and in the past for an automaker or any any sort of car maker startup or otherwise to do this the traditional conveyance systems would limit the ability to expand or duplicate the assembly lines to different factories because you need to build new conveyor belts new overhead gantries new forklifts and other expensive infrastructure in order to build a new facility but aptera is going to basically skirt around this requirement in that if you have the agvs all you need is the space the flat space to designate the new stations for assembly theoretically this means that aptera can ramp up the production in new factories anywhere provided that they have the space to do so and aptera concluded the email re-emphasizing how the accelerator program is really what made it possible for them to get the AGVs delivered at this time and to move forward in the overall production process. So great, great news in the path towards production. They've spoken about this. They've shown 3D modeling of what this would look like, but the fact that they've gone and they've ordered these vehicles, they've been delivered. This really, you know, you can see in the, the footage inside the factory that Aptera is continuing forward and they're just one step closer to production. The next story and the last story of the week is going to be about highlights from a tour of the Carlsbad facility that the YouTube channel Saving Green recently did. They also got an interview with co-CEO Chris Anthony and I'm going to include the links to both videos in the show notes so that you can watch the full conversation with Chris Anthony. That's about 14 or 15 minutes long. The tour of the facility is about a half an hour long. And I would strongly encourage you to check out both. They're pretty great. I'm going to focus on the tour of the Carlsbad facility video, which was basically a guided walkthrough. It featured Audra Leslie, who is the customer success manager at Aptera and Cam, who is a member of the solar team. They answered a lot of questions for the channel. A lot of that was, was information that folks who've been following the company might be familiar with, but it's still interesting to, for me at least, to hear how different people phrase or, or respond. It, it kind of gives you insight into where the company stands, if something has changed, if, they're, if they explain or provide a little bit more context. But I'm just going to walk through a few of the highlights to me and, and, and sort of give my quick reaction to them, starting with about the nine minute mark of the video where Cam was walking through the solar manufacturing process. Um, you know, that that part, you could really see what was going on. They've spoken about how they've started up small production, but it, during that conversation, I felt like you there is a lot more context in terms of the overall challenges and, and what the company is doing to get the, the solar going. And you could see that the different components that they've set up and, and how they're thinking about in, in the finest of detail of, all right, how are we going to build these things? How are you going to make sure that everything is working? How do we know that the, I guess, the, the solar range and the charging and everything is, is working well? And, and that includes, um, continuing on around the 14 minute mark, um, Cam was speaking about how they, I, I guess this is something that has been spoken about before by Aptera, but how is the company making sure or matching 
the production or the generation from the solar cells and charging the battery with the constantly shifting conditions that the solar panels will be in. And this is based on their max power point technology, which will be managed by the charge controllers. I think there's about seven of them within the vehicle. And essentially, the so the, the solar charging or the, the solar panels, they'll receive, um, I guess, I think it's about nine volts. The solar charging needs to step that up to somewhere around in, in the 40s. And in order to do that, that requires electricity in order to monitor and step up the the voltage of, of the current. I guess it's a, it's a DC to DC charging um, system. And the max PowerPoint technology, it makes sure it's constantly seeking the highest power output possible for the solar panels so that the battery can be charged effectively. And in order to do that, there's, there's adjustments that are happening every millisecond or so to make sure that there's enough sun in order to in order for the solar charger or excuse me the charge controller to operate effectively that in itself requires electricity and if they didn't do this correctly they would basically be draining the battery and so there's these these quick checks to make sure there's enough sun if there's enough sun then it will activate i guess the solar charging in some way or it'll step up this voltage and that will charge the the battery it's it's it sounds like an incredibly complicated process. And, and Audrey actually made uh, the point that when they were still in the gamma prototype phase, they weren't, I guess they hadn't quite ironed out how they were going to make sure that the solar panels were effectively charging the battery. E even though it sounds fairly straightforward, you put solar on an object, you connect it, it should just charge the battery. But, you know, they had to really, I guess, work out this, uh, the, the charge controller in order to make sure that this was this was possible, they're able to do that and do that to a confidence level that actually make them feel really confident in, I guess, advertising this claim of up to 40 miles of charging a, a, a day. But it sounds like this was this was not easy. It was not necessarily straightforward for them to to figure that out. Um, continuing on around the 16 minute mark, they moved on to a really cool station which was an electroluminescence machine, which is how Aptera tests the solar panels to make sure that there aren't any any defects within them, which, you know, that, that makes sense that you'd need to do that. With that tool, you can see where there are cracks or other defects in the solar cells that would prevent proper functioning. And I'll be really curious about how Aptera is going to implement different quality control measures to make sure that there's there's not any damage. Because when you look at, you know, there's a quick view of, you could see what Aptera is looking at in terms of what they're monitoring for the damage. And there were cracks in the solar, in some of the solar panels that were very, very, very small. And they may have been the result of the, the building and the manufacture process where they're connecting everything together. And it's the type of damage that would be very difficult to see with the naked eye. And you could see, by the way, that Cam was handling the panels that you need to be really careful with them to make sure that they don't get damaged. If you damage the cells, they're not going to be producing the level of, of solar electricity that everyone is hoping. You know, once the, you know, Aptera has spoken a lot about the technology that they've developed to protect the cells, but that only applies once they've laminated everything with the protective coating. And once they've done that, then you don't need to worry about the fragility of the cells. But up until that point, you need to make sure that everything, or you know, Aptera is going to need to make sure that everything is is in basically 
perfect condition and that they have a processes that's not going to is not going to be adding these microfractures and these cracks in the cells when they're connecting everything together they they need to have a, a, a they're going to they're going to need to have a very high confidence rate because it, it's going to be you know it's similar to the composite molds where you get this opportunity before a perfect build it to me it seems a similar thing with the the protective lamination where everything needs to be perfect before you you laminate it because it, it would be absolutely awful if something like um i don't know what the the failure rate would need to be but you can imagine if if say um a quarter of aptera customers they test their vehicles and they're just not getting that 40 miles of range and when they they look at it it turns out it's like oh yeah a lot of these you know around half of these cells are, are cracked or damaged in in some way or they, they become cracked or damaged within a few months that would be that'd be a, a pretty uh pretty bad black mark on on the record of aptera so they're going to need to make sure that everything is is right and they also can't spend too much time and resources on this quality quality assurance or quality control because you know that would sort of undermine that 12 minutes at each station so they're, they're going to need to make sure that everything is going well and i hope that they're able to figure that out and i would be interested in learning more about how they ensure those processes another key point during this conversation about solar was around the 20 minute and 40 second mark of the video which was the value of the solar hatch within the overall charging range apparently and, and this is you can see this in you know when when you're going in the configurator if you add the different you have the option for the solar roof the solar hood and the solar hatch if you go with if you forego the solar hatch that's about half of the potential solar charging about 18 miles of the potential 40 miles of daily charging range that you would get from the solar and you know I, I i sort of came to this conclusion on my own but audra sort of framed it in a way that if you if you forego the solar hatch you're making a pretty big mistake and you know that the company's not going to stop you from doing so but you know the loss in, in rear visibility of not going with glass and on that rear hatch is far outweighed by the solar charging uh, gains that, that you'll be getting. You know, essentially, you know, I guess it's it's sunny areas where you're looking at the 40 miles a day, but that's just, that's that's a lot. I'll, there are a lot of people who, who don't drive more than 18 miles a day, and to just give that up because of the visibility concerns, it, it just, it's not a, a very good, it doesn't seem like it's a very good idea, and I imagine that Aptera maybe it's a, at some point is going to they may remove that option just because it's not really in my mind it's not really putting the best foot forward to um, to minimize the potential for solar range but you know it, it does reduce the cost a little bit for, and so um, you know if people want to have that option they, they can go ahead it, it's just it it sounds like it's a it's a pretty bad idea I also recently traveled in a car that had a rear view video screen instead of a rear view mirror. And it actually provided excellent visi visibility, which is giving me confidence that, yeah, you know, it's gonna be perfectly fine if you're not able to look out of the back of the vehicle if you're just using this, this video screen. Um, the last highlight from the video that I'll add comes in around the 27 minute and 45 second mark. And there was a question about the inclusion of CarPlay, Apple CarPlay and Android Auto 
Apparently, uh, Aptera has been in conversations both with Apple and Google, and both will be included in the vehicle. Um, I've I've never really used either too much, but for those who are interested, there there you have it. It seemed fairly Cam seemed fairly declarative that yes, both options will be included in the vehicle. Aptera is not going to try to develop their own bespoke system for 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 controlling uh, I guess devices that you have in there. In any case, uh, I'd strongly encourage you to check out both videos, both this longer 30-minute tour of the facility as well as the, the conversation with co-CEO Chris Anthony. And that concludes episode 117 of the App EVs podcast. I hope you found this episode interesting. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell a friend so that we can continue to grow this Aptera movement. I also include my referral link in the show notes, which you can use for $30 off your $100 refundable deposit for an Aptera. The App EVs podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc., etc., if you have any questions or feedback, including corrections, please send those to appevspodcast at gmail.com. Um, thank you to OS50 for the song Movies. And in the words of Jeff Panata, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. <laughs>